1: Hi, this is David Frangioni, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer Magazine. So excited about our new podcast, The Modern Drummer Podcast. This weekly podcast will bring modern drummer to life. Sit back and enjoy fresh, fun, and insightful conversations with today's top drummers, producers, musicians, beatmakers, and craftsmen. Whether you're a professional, a hobbyist, drummer, musician, programmer, producer, or just love music, This show is for you. Every other week, the Modern Drummer Podcast will feature world-renowned producer, songwriter, and drummer, Narda Michael Walden. Narda Michael Walden's Upbeat is featured exclusively on the Modern Drummer Podcast.
0: Hey, this is your brother, Narda Michael Walden for the Upbeat Show with Modern Diver Magazine. And I'm very, very, very thrilled, enthused for this week's episode with the genius on the drums and what he's put down for the years and what he's showed us and inspired us. The great, 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 speaking of the no other than, the great legend, Steve Gadd, And to have him on this show with me, Upbeat, is my delight and my thrill. So please pay strict attention to every word he puts down. Uh, and so loyal and so sincere and so pure of spirit. You can see why his playing is just so stellar through the years. God bless the great Steve Gadd and pay attention to his wonderful, wonderful interview here. Okay, here you go. Here's the great Steve Gadd with Narda. Woohoo!
2: My brother Steve. Hey, hey, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you. Oh, great to see you, Steve. Good to see that smiling face. Always. <laughs> always. That's, I, I love that, man. Me I love that hat, too. Thank you, brother. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Hey, I want to do something for you because I love you. Hang on, check this out. Let's see. Beautiful. It's beautiful, Steve.
3: The closer I get to you. You
0: make me feel by giving me all you got. Your love has captured me Still over and over again I try to tell myself that we were much more than friends and I know it's because the rhythm in your heart touches us so deeply yes it does I love you Steve man the play the, the way you play your drums is so soulful I come from an r and school from Kalamazoo Michigan and the way you play just makes me know that everything is right in the world man
2: oh I, thank you I appreciate that <laughs> Well, there's nothing like the groove, man. It, it, it surpasses everything, right? When you lock yeah. in, man, uh, all the craziness goes away, and there's nothing but joy and love, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. This is my. This is why I'm waiting to talk to you. And the whole world wants me to talk to you. Oh. Because we look to you as a groove master. We look to you as the cat who could just make time feel good you make time feel good man and i want to ask
2: you any any, anything you want to say about that um well i mean it when when i it it, when we lock it in it 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 feels good for me too
3: (laughs) right right right
2: (laughs) it's got to feel good here first and then i can go out but and so when we lock it in you know it makes uh life easier Mm -hmm. we don't need as much sleep Mm -hmm. I think we can add years on our life because you know because you get to get that thing you get it where it's flowing and it's effortless and and there's an agreement with the people that you're playing with and and we're all feeling the same thing at the same time and then when we can when that's happening on the bandstand and then we can look out and see that the people are feeling as good as we are Mm -hmm. that's the thing man then it's all you know then we've come full circle and we're all in it together you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah. and and that's a spiritual moment
0: yes very much so man
2: very you know it gets, so. it gets beyond the ego it, 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 it's only into making it feel as <clears throat> as good as you can and <clears throat> and sharing that with people that are there the same feeling you know what i mean and yes. and and then being there together yes well, okay. This is why I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you just the things that offer my heart to you. Yeah, there
0: are a lot of people people who get into being very technical on the instrument, but maybe don't understand that side of it as much as the feeling you're talking about, the spiritual side of that feeling of a groove. And I know you you talk about this a lot. I see it in your quotes. You know, if it ain't got that groove, it don't mean shit. You'll say, you know what I mean? You're know, you're just you're you're so strong about it. Where did what what made you be understand that so so deeply? I mean, as a kid
2: coming up. Can I ask you that? Well, I mean, um, I, 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 uh, I don't know what made. Uh, well, I've, just from the people that I listened to growing up. Yeah. Plus, I plus I played in, uh, in drum and bugle corps when I was a kid. Right. And that and that is. Uh, there was something I learned in, in that. It it's beyond the ego. It's about teamwork. Yes. And and when and, and when the drum section can, it's not about trying to draw attention to any one person. It's about making the sections as tight and as as uh, and execute everything as perfectly as you can. Yes. And um. So that helped me listen to other people and made me know that the importance is uh in in the agreement of the people not just one person trying to get people to pay attention to them yeah and um and there's a camaraderie that comes with that so there was a lot of things that when when those when that feeling got locked in there were, were a lot of good feelings that came as a result of it the, you know the, you know the strength of the team Yes. uh, you know, like uh the bond between the guys in the section and um you know and and I just sort of like took that to other other genres of music, you know mm-hmm. and and for me even when even when stuff is out there, you know, I, there's a point there's a time, I, I think there's a time point of reference. That makes taking it out uh, successful. When you think about that thing, because you can play around with the time, but you always have to. For me, I always have to know where where one is, no matter how crazy you get, Thank or else you. it doesn't make any sense. That's right. <laughs> because the, the only way that you're going to be able to uh, share that w- with the audience is if we're all if if they're if we're all in the same place. And if they know where, you know, I don't want to leave them and, and know where one is and have them not know where it is. The joy is when we can sort of stretch, and but we all know where one is together, you know?
0: That's right. That's right.
2: And that's how we grow rhythmically. And, and uh, so, and the agreement is always, uh, is always strongest, you know, when you get everybody up there agreeing instead of just feeling like you're up there alone, trying to make it
0: right. Okay. Um, you learned a lot by all the recordings you did. You learned a lot by hearing yourself on the playbacks and you learned like, you know, to give notes full value. And that's what we learned to love about you. When we hear you back, you give notes full value. That's why it sounds and
2: feels so good. Uh, anything you want to say about that? I, you know what? I, I, it's still, one of the challenges always is to play is to be able to play one <laughs> with on the bass drum and lock it in with the bass player. Right. You know what I mean? And not yeah. play, you know, and not a lot of notes to set it up. Just like let's just play one together and then mm-hmm. agree on that. And then we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, it's important that you know you, you can't, we can't run before we can walk, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and uh I just think that understanding time and rhythm in terms of simple music or complicated music, it's like it's there's there are some things that we have to take into consideration all the time. That's like knowing where one is. Yes. I know that you you like to you you like to know. <laughs> I always want to know. I have to know. I have to know. Exactly. I remember we were in the club, man, and and yeah. uh, and and uh, and I agree. You know, um, that's not to say that guys aren't playing a whole bunch of great stuff uh, uh, in, in other ways. You know what I mean? But for 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 me, and for the years that I've played, you know, the the things that are important are that we all know where we, I want you to know where I'm at, you know what yeah, I mean? That's right. And I want you to know that I know where you're at and that I'm trying to play w- with you. You know what I mean? Yes. So we have to do that together. Yes. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm being my drummer guy right
0: now. Drummers in the world also love that you can play with so much fire intensity, but with the control you have. Now this, this is your discipline that we love about you. You can play about, about, about whatever it is, but it just feels like it's not rushing, which we all have a tendency to, tend to to rush a bit. You learn how to do all these things on the biggest records in the world, and make
2: it feel relaxed. Well, because I I learned where I, I learned, you know what my uh, what I had to work on in myself. I have the same problems of of rushing. You know what I mean? I, 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 We all do. When we get excited, when we take when we go from, you know, A to B and it's got to, the section B has got to be up a little bit, we can get excited trying to set it up. And so from after doing that for on, on different records and, and having the opportunity yeah. to hear it back,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, you realize the importance of it. I mean, I remember doing takes, you know, early on in, in, in my recording uh, career and where I thought that, you know, the, I, I figured, man, I played some great stuff, it was exciting, it was, you know, like, and I heard it back and it just sounded like I fell down the stairs, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it had, it, it, what I thought was exciting, you know, on a recording wasn't, it was just too much you know what i mean and and so you get a chance by listening back to you know sort of do an inventory on, on on what what you're using on that particular song you know it might work the the busyness and stuff might work live
3: yeah
2: but but on, on a recording where you're just using your your ears you know it's simpler is better yeah and uh and that's another challenge because I came from um I came from a jazz background. Right, right. Um, you know, or I loved uh I, I mean I loved um uh well I mean Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa and, and Art Blakey and Elvin Jones and Tony. Um I, but you know, and I you know, I approached every time I played like it was gonna be the last time I ever played, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get all my licks in. When I was young and I first got to New York, and, and then when I got to New York, I mean, there, there, you know, they, uh, the groove became, I heard some, you know Rick Morata, right? Yes, yes, of course. So Rick, he's got a deep pocket and so does yeah. his brother Jerry. Yeah. And, and I heard Rick playing at a club in the early 70s with David Spinoza. Right. And and uh, Stu Woods was playing bass, and uh, Kenny Asher was playing keyboards, and um, and there were a lot of New York musicians in the club, and they were playing real. I mean, it was this had nothing to do with jazz. This was just about you know mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. which you know people like me would have thought was simple because technically it's it really isn't challenging technically at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you sit down and try to do that, it, it is challenging. <laughs> right, right. It's very challenging. It involves your your breathing. It, it involves just like uh, knowing that, you know, knowing that it might feel good, but when you listen to it back, it's on top of the thing. Right. So it's like rethinking everything you do. Right. And I got challenged, thank God, by the groove, mm-hmm. because just because it sounds simple technically, there's a lot more to it than you know. Just, I mean, trying to play one on the bass drum with the bass player—that's mm-hmm. that's that's, an, that's a that's something that you have to think about all the time. You okay. can never forget about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. to try and, and to try and play time without filling in all the connecting notes between quarter notes. You know what I mean? Just by playing, you know, a quarter note, back bass drum, you know, just those that's hard to do, man. And yes. when you try and do it with another person and lock it in with a click. Yes. And uh, that's a whole other world of time. You know? I know, but this is also what we love about you, Steve.
0: I'm gonna give it to you, man. Because you make everything, I'm gonna tell you, you do. It's you become you've 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 mastered it to it. It feels good to us. And the thing I played this morning, the closer I feel to you, with the great genius, Donny Hathaway, the great genius, Roberta Flack, the way you make that thing feel uh, is timeless.
2: Now, can you tell us anything about that session for in, in particular? With um well, just uh, all the sessions, are. I mean, especially with people like Roberta and, and 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 Donnie, I mean, those were, they were heroes of mine before I even, I, I was so thrilled to just get called <laughs> right. to do the sessions, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, I, so the, the fact that I got called was really important. And what I wanted to do was make the music the best I could. Because I love music and because I, I love those people, and and I would really, wa- I'd love for them to to call me back to want me to do more. Yes. You know, you want to give as much as you can, and 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 then the gift of giving is when they receive it and like it. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. and and then if they call you back, mm-hmm. wow! I mean, that, those are special. That's a special thing, right? That's a very special thing. And that's, so, how, that's how we build our, our business. That's right. It's like a mom and dad store. You want people to come back. That's right. You want them to come back. You you want your service to be, you, you want them to feel that you've given them everything that you can. You've made them as comfortable. You've, you've you know, anything they wanted to try, you tried. You know what I mean? It's like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's the gig. But then, okay,
0: something you said a minute ago, you were challenged by the groove that uh, your, your cat Murata was putting down. Challenged by the groove is a powerful statement. On um, the jam we're talking about by Donnie and Roberta, that groove, challenged by the groove, you're in that groove. I mean, it's just beautiful the whole way. And the album is Blue Light in the Basement. It's just so deep. So that groove you're talking about, there it is again, man. I have to keep saying that to you. But then dig it, you're so versatile because you're training, you flip around, you can do the night nice price with Chakriya, which is on fire. Now, can we talk about it?
2: Yeah, because um, be, the thing is like there's, I think there's musicians that come from a technical background that if they were playing something simple, they might be thinking about, I wish I was doing this other thing. <laughs> right, right, okay you know i you know i'm not getting a chance to you know play all my night spray stuff but the the bottom line is they're, they're separate things yeah yeah you know that this is this is a mu- this is a uh, a certain kind of music here that's a certain kind of music there and i love them both yes but you don't try to combine you know you don't try to you know bring this there if it's not musical just right. because it's technically uh thrilling you know right. what I mean? It's like right. it's about the music. It's not about the the ego,
0: right? Uh, a a question I like to know for myself. In your phones, when you're when you're tracking, what do you like to hear in your phones?
2: I like to hear the, the uh, well uh, the a click. If we're playing with a click, uh, I want to hear the bass player. I want to hear um, some uh, if there's rhythm guitar. I don't want to hear myself. Okay. I like I, I use the Vic Firth phones that black out the the black out the drums in the room so I can play comfortably. Yeah, and not be louder than what I'm playing with. I what I'm what I'm trying to play with has got to be louder than me. Gotcha. And and so um and I you know what I want in the uh, phones. You know, it changes depending on 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 the piece, but it might be de- depending if there's a rhythm part on the keyboard. I want to be able to lock in with people that are playing the rhythm things, that are playing the repetitive things. You know what I mean? Because that's how we that's how we uh, base where one is and try to make it. You know, lock it in. Yeah. I don't need a lot of the pads. I don't need a lot of the uh, embellishments. Mm-hmm. People would want to hear on the finished product. I need to hear what I need to to lock in the groove. That's right. So um, not a lot of effects.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I definitely want to hear the. I want to hear the bass. Uh, I you know, I want to hear the melody, so I know where we are in the song. But uh, but it you know it varies for for each recording. You know. Yes. What about you? Is that you like
0: that too? I, yeah, I'm like that. Well, I might want to hear a little bit more of myself than you're talking because I want to make sure that I can hear myself as well. Right. Uh, but, but beyond that, yes, I'm digging you. The click, of course, everything because we came up in a time when people were making, making records with clicks and wanted things to be steady like them clicks. So we had to make sure we were hearing that click so we're not huh. rushing that click. Right. So <laughs> uh, that was a big to do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear what's going on. Uh, I wanna ask now is in my heart, I'm just, these things I'm curious for you. When you work in a challenging situation, for example, like Paul Simon can be challenging. I worked with him a little bit at Carnegie Hall and he's, he's a challenging type of guy. He wants every, he came and told every parent, every person, no, you play this shaker this way. No, you do that this way. You, you know, he's really into it. How did you find working with him and here you did some of the, the most mastery recordings with him of uh, you know, crazy after these years, and and, and and all this stuff. Talk about him a little bit in your experience
2: working with him. Uh, he's a well, he's a great writer, a great, yeah. Um, he's a great producer, yes. Um, and uh, I learned uh, that you don't with Paul, you don't just you know go to the reach into your bag of tricks and pull something out Mm -hmm. He's constantly looking for something different, a different sound, you know? So, and, and, um, that can be challenging at first because it can affect your, your head. If you're trying things that you normally do and, and he's not going, yeah, that's good. But he's going well. I'm not sure. Let's try something else. You know what I mean? Right. So you have to get over this, getting into your own head, and 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 getting down on yourself and feeling like he doesn't, he doesn't like what I'm doing. You know, it's yeah. all of those egotistical things that can play tricks on you. Yes. You know, keep it. Make it be just about the music, and be challenged by the fact that someone that doesn't know really how to play drums is hearing something from the drums that he's trying to put into words. But it's, you know, it's difficult to, to verbalize about m- music. So you just try different things. And finally, you know, when you do come up with something, it's something that you really w- wouldn't have thought of normally, that mm-hmm. that he, Paul, because he kept on wanting something different brought out of you mm-hmm. and and you know and, and I found some thing. you know I learned how to he, he taught me how to play music uh in a different way you know what I mean where, where I wasn't just thinking as a, myself as a drummer but more or less trying to fit in different sounds now you know what I mean or, or yes or, uh, so it was a, a learning situation for me
3: yeah.
2: we have to get we have to get past our own ego mm-hmm, and
3: thinking
2: mm-hmm. that you know he doesn't like what i'm doing or he's putting me through some changes and what what's what you know what you know what i mean it's like we all do that in, in our heads we can can get on our heads and defeat ourselves mm-hmm. that's right you know and before we've even got to the music it's not about the ego it's not about it's just about people have different ways of trying to get to what they want to hear in their music, and and our job is to try and help them get there. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways is sometimes you got to play everything that it isn't Mm
3: -hmm.
2: before, and sometimes a person, a drummer might know what it it should be, but sometimes you got to go through everything that it isn't and come back to that Mm -hmm. so the artist can understand that it isn't all of this stuff. That it is that you know what I mean. Yes. People, people that are are that are are um, motivated by their their music and th- their music is important to them. They want it to be the best that it can be, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's uh, that's a long road, but mm-hmm. it's 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 worth it. Do You know what I mean? It's worth it when you finally get there. And it can, you know, it can mean like you're only playing on on the snare drum with your with the snares off with your fingers. Mm-hmm. That could be the sound that uh, that works for the piece, mm-hmm. but it got nothing to do with whatever I practiced in college for years. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. it's a whole other thing. But you know what? It's just as rewarding. Yeah. You know when you when it work when it's right for the music. Not only do you hear it. But then, the the joy that everyone else feels, and the sense that it makes for everyone that's trying to do that with their part for that particular music, you know, that's one more piece of the puzzle that you fit in,
3: yeah.
2: and uh, and it's just another way of of uh, of recording. of uh, It's another process.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, all artists have different different processes of getting to where they want to get to. Yes. And, and, and each session is, is like a new thing. It's like a new canvas. Yeah. You know, you can't go in there thinking I wish I could do today what I did yesterday. This is a whole different thing. And this is like, and it's, you know, you go in with a clean thing with a, uh, with a fresh head and, 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 and then trying to just dig in, roll up your sleeves and mm-hmm. do what you have to do to make the music the best that it can be
0: mm-hmm. that's right okay uh challenging session uh at least this what I, was my perception in working with say steely dan asia we always hear about jeff beccaro or this or that trying to cut a lot of stuff for for them uh they were very picky let's say or very choosy about what they wanted what was your experience say working with them on asia which you did genius quite frankly that one piece alone bah, bah, shat, and he had a little, there's stick hit on
2: the rim and they kept it. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, talk to me, talk to me. Well, they had been trying to do this, this piece, you know, I think with different drummers and I was in LA, you know, do, doing some work out there From I was from New York. And Gary Katz heard that I was out there and hired me to come in and play this thing. So the music was all there, and the band had played it with different people. And my reading was was good at the time because I mean it was like in the in the height of the stuff, you know. Um, and I was doing a lot of reading, you know, in different sessions. And um, the hardest thing to understand that 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 it was for for me to understand that they wanted me to do was to get that crazy at the end, because it went against the grain of, Mm. of what I had learned to try and do, you know, for pop sessions, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That was more like jazz stuff, and you never really, you know, so that was, I couldn't understand how, but I just, I I just got crazy, you know what I mean, I just, Mm -hmm. and and that's what they liked.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I think that that was the problem with, with the other people, they just, didn't understand about that. They wanted it to get nuts, you know? know, And so that's what I did and and it worked out, but I've done other sessions with them where we spent an hour just trying to, or not an hour, a a long time, just Mm -hmm. trying to record me playing the snare drum in the same spot. You know what I mean? And just, just the snare drum by itself. So it went from, playing Asia live with a band right. and getting through it in a couple of takes to like, you know, now we're going to put everything under the microscope and it's just me in the studio or whoever they hired to do, you know, they hired a lot of different people, but it went from playing live to just playing alone by yourself and they could control everything after you left. So different, different techniques in recording, you know, but yeah. You, you know, they're the, the, you can't argue with the success of, the, of their music. Their music is beautiful. Yes. It is. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yes, man. Okay. It's, not always, it's not always easy to get there though. Right. I know that's why, that's why we love you because you, you finally not want to get there, but it, it sounds when we hear it with ease, it sounds yeah. like, Hey, what's going on? That's what I try to make it feel like, you know? Okay, New York. Uh I've lived in New York. When I was there, you were all the the rage. Everyone had to talk Steve Gass, Steve Gass again. Talk about from your experience, New York, Hiram Bullock, Will Lee, all the folks, McKell's, all that was
2: going on so strong, and how that changed you, moved you, inspired you. You know, because I, when I got to New York, there were so many great players there, Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: you know, and not only got, I mean, there were great players and, you know, jazz players that weren't doing a lot of studio things, but you could go hear them. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and then the guys in that were doing dates were really, I mean, uh, you know, like Richard T. Right. Exactly. Gordon Edwards, um, uh, Cornell Dupree, Eric Gale, Will Lee, uh, yeah. uh, you know these were guys, the Brecker brothers, right? I mean, unbelievable musicians that uh, with with so much uh, so much music in them, and I was, you know, <clears throat> I was there in in the early seventies when. Guys like the Brecker Brothers were challenged, but they loved the groove stuff too. Uh-huh. Just like you know, Michael trying to sound like Train, or you know what I mean. But, but I mean, he could do that, but he loved some other stuff too. He loved oh, right. the groove, mm-hmm. and and I did too. So it was a a good it was a good time for me, mm-hmm. and I was I was hungry, you know, and I was excited about meeting new people. And uh, about um, being in a, in a city that was, had a, like a, a community of players that were, you know, doing a lot of, a lot of different sessions and you would end up seeing some of the same ones on, on different sessions that you got. And then one would tell another guy about you. And it was like an exciting time because you're, you're, you're you, you want to play, you know, I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be I you know I wanted I had uh, two kids and a wife at the time, and I wanted to be able to support them playing music, and um, and it was happening, uh, you know, and it, it was exciting, mm-hmm. and um, and all I did was uh, do the best I could, try to understand what what these people wanted, mm-hmm. and and anything I knew musically. I would share with them i would Mm -hmm. give i I would go i I would give whatever i had Mm -hmm. i wasn't saving anything for anything else right right whatever whatever was needed for any particular session if i could if i came up with it you know i was happy to to share that and 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 help put the puzzle together i remember
0: uh, i was teaching at the um there's a place in new york it was like a, a a drummers collective type of situation where we would teach the students and you came by and you played so beautifully and you were just so giving to the kids and everybody. There was a kid there he was 13 at the time named Charlie Drayton. He would be oh. 13 years old and you came and you played for all of us. And then Charlie got to and played. He was 13. And I remember just the kindness that we all kind of felt, you know, the camaraderie, just a wonderful thing. That's what touched me when I first met you, I think around that same time
2: right well charlie was i've known charlie since he was even younger than that. even younger okay okay his father, his father bernie yeah right was a jingle producer for harmony dell hea right. and charlie he, bernie would bring charlie to these jingles and charlie was a little guy man <laughs> yeah, right. it's still with that big smile and that big personality man. yeah
3: yeah When mm-hmm. he was a kid yeah,
2: and and he would come and sit next to the drums during these sessions and take it all in, man. He was like, you know, so yeah. I, I knew him. I, I had already met him before that day, right? Yeah, you know, so yeah, he's he was great, man. He was great. Uh, what a way to grow up, too. What a way, man. What a way. And Jeff too. Jeff Percaro grew up in a good environment yes, with his so. dad. Uh, you know, and uh, playing percussion you know, and uh, yeah, he knew Keltner. He grew up with Keltner. I mean, he was, you know, hung out with the best, man. Just they were around him as he was growing, man. So
0: I also want to say, I remember hanging out with you in Europe at some, some jazz bus where you played on. I was on, I don't want to say Antibes, France or somewhere like that. And we had a chance to hang out. And I was just so taken by how friendly you are. You know, we all often don't know a person like yourself who plays so beautifully so high we're not sure as a person but you're really a genuine warm really warm person i was like just taken you, by how warm you are you know
2: you're the same way man you're the you're the same way man and i love that about you
0: thank you and then and then we toured again with you playing with eric i played with jeff that right. was a nice time together it's
2: all good man And yeah when out in the club whenever we hung, man. yeah it's been, it's been, uh, it's been great. Thank you. And so then, I look forward to to being able to do more and yeah. it'd be great to even do some things musically together. Yes,
0: sir. Anything. I would love to work with you, man. I have a great studio, by the way. Come out and visit me uh, in Santa Fe, California, Tarpan Studios. We'll get a great drum sound and whatever you want to do.
2: I'll come out just to hang with you, man, see what you're doing and watch. <laughs> I'd like to do, you know what I mean? You ain't coming out here not playing, bro. Get I'll, over it. I'll Get play. over it, man. <laughs> we'll play together. We'll play together. man. Okay, 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 cool. But I like to watch people because you learn. Yeah. You, you can learn. You watch how people are doing things, and might be a little bit different from someone else. But everything, you know, little little things make a difference.
0: Well, in my spirit, I share some with you, Ma Vishnu, who discovered me, kind of picked me and brought me up. He would teach me. He would say, you know, with time, he would say, which horse is stronger? The horse that can run down the mountain the fastest, or the r- horse that can run and stop periodically t- coming down the mountain, and I would say, well, I guess the horse that can stop coming down the mountain. He would say, right, you know, uh, the power of you know being able to uh, control yourself, you know. And I would then I would I would think you.
2: You have found the power, to control yourself. Well, that's it. Is- <laughs> Got to control you. That's the thing, man. But, you know, age, age can bring you, you can make that power come good too. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. If you get older, you don't want to do things as fast as you used to, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to, to, I, I mean, I'm glad I did all that high energy stuff when I was young and I did it, but, you know, I, I, it's, I'm not as, I'm not as challenged by that now, I think because of my age. Okay. You know what I mean? Not because the music isn't isn't great and stuff, but I mean it's like, uh, yeah, I like to relax and you know, and put it in the pocket, mm-hmm. and 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 then be inspired by the groove to play, you know, and and then then the magic happens, you know. Right. Well, um, let's speak.
0: Let's speak a little bit about your band now. Uh, I know we've been going through this pandemic, so everything kind of got slow. But we talk. You you won a Grammy 2018 with this yeah. new sound you got and.
2: And anything you want to say? Well, that, that that Grammy, the band that that we put together was actually my wife's idea with with Walt Fowler. His wife is Michelle Ito. She books the band, okay. and uh, they were thinking it was James Taylor's rhythm section. It was Jimmy Johnson, me, Larry Goldings, Walt Fowler was in, in the horn section, and um, and Mike Landau. Right. And they said, you guys are playing together so much with James. Why don't you do, you know, Steve, why don't you do something, put something yeah, together? Yeah. And, and and so that's how that came about. Wow. And uh, and it was, it was good because we had played a lot together. So we knew each other better than we thought. Mm-hmm. And then when we did it as a, a group, our, our trust even got stronger. Yes. Yeah and um and it ended up we were able to you know we finally got a grammy yeah now and then we did another album um that just came out we did it in at the blue note in uh tokyo
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's the steve gad band and the only difference is that david spinoza's in the band because mike landau had some some prior commitments right. mike had it couldn't do it so we just remix that and it's you know it's the same music but with a different thing because David is a different kind of player so um uh, and it it was nice to mix that I did it with my with one of my sons and uh and then Rich Bream the engineer out in LA mastered it but I love that I love the mix on that thing and it's and it's a different it's a sort of a different vibe you know it's a little bit more relaxed because David plays a little bit you know, more in the pocket, and mm-hmm. so I, I'd love you to hear that too. I think I want to. it's simple, but I think you'd like it, man. I think you'd like it, absolutely. I'm a fan.
0: Also, you should know this morning I go to iTunes and say, iTunes, play the music of Steve Gadd. You know what it played me? Mm-hmm. Little snippets of you on drums alone, you know, like boom, king, boom, boom, king, boom, to king, boom, boom, stick boom, stop. Next one, boom, boom, key, king, boom, 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 like little snippets. What was and that? I, what there was? What was that on YouTube? No, on iTunes. If I say, okay, I got, hey, hey Siri, play Steve Gad. Up will come these snippets wow of you playing, and even some Brazilian type stuff too. Boom, 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 boom like that kind of vibe. All these little pieces on you. I was like,
2: wow. Did you, do you do you know that <laughs> i didn't know it was on Siri. i i I didn't know it was on siri that was something i did in in europe with a guy and okay. <clears throat> it was supposed to come on be on uh on the computer uh, on it was supposed to be something to do with apple but then it didn't work out and i wasn't sure you know how it was being marketed yeah. you know what i mean but the fact that you got it I never heard anyone say they got it from Siri.
0: Yeah, um, I said, hey, Siri, do you get. Here come these snippets. And they sound great. And you can tell you're inten- intentionally making the snare.
2: King. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna check it out, man. I'm going to check it
0: out. Okay. 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 a c- couple more for fast things. Uh, Steve Smith, when Journey took a, a thing that I, we were all working on that you had kind of showed us to keep the left hand high and playing. King to boom ching boom boom boom, but the high always stays at the right left hand. You're moving the right hand from cymbal to tom tom to snare drum. Right. Where did you first see that at, or did you just make that yourself?
2: No, I mean, was was I doing the sim cymb- on? Was I doing the cymbal on the offbeats? The uh, it, it it could be or different patterns. It could right. be th- even different patterns. You know, it was started with with um, being in the studio. And you know, like I was in, you know, a drum booth or mm-hmm. a drum room,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and a lot of times, you know, the artist and the engineer or the producer would listen to some of the earlier takes or play or you know versions. All the musicians would be in, you know, needed to go in the control room, <clears throat> you know. So they, I would stay in the drum booth, and you know, be practicing different things, you know. And that's how that fifty ways things came about because I started playing the alternating the left hand and the left foot, mm-hmm. you know, playing the, you know, playing the left foot and then playing the left hand. After I, I just was trying different things, and then uh, and then playing sixteenths on the hi hat and playing a backbeat on the snare drum. Mm-hmm. You know what i mean you can it just sort of it was just trying to keep the hi-hat going
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and you but you you didn't have to really keep it going on all 16th because when you were playing the bell of the cymbal, that mm-hmm. took up a, a, a note there so the hi-hat could you, you could let it go there and but play it right after you know mm-hmm. what i mean so you felt like it was going kept going mm-hmm. i mean it was just trying to it was just it was about looking for a way to keep the groove going and add some different elements. You know, go from a dry hi-hat to add some cymbal to it, but not change the whole pattern. Just add something to it to make it go up a little level by adding, like, a different sound. Well, Steve Um, Smith, who's a great
0: drummer, took the idea of what you did there and made this jam, Don't Stop Believin', doing that kind of vibe. And, And he had four different changes going through it, throughout the song
2: very inspired by what you what you started I gotta give it to you man I gotta give it to you you know what it's there for you know you what <laughs> no matter who who said it for yeah. what well, it's there for everybody that's right you know what I mean that's what it's about it's about you know putting it out there and then there it is man it'll make it and someone else will take it and take it to another level but, yeah but that's the beauty of it
0: man you know okay uh speak about Bernard Purdy just something that you want to say about Bernard Purdy
2: um, well, he's. I love Bernard, man. You know, um, you know, uh, King Curtis and Aretha, you know, that thing live. Um, I he just was that him and Rainey and, and Dupree. What, what a rhythm section, right? I mean, he's unbelievable. and. <clears throat> He, you know, we, uh, he just was an inspiration mm-hmm. for how to, how to play that kind of music, mm-hmm. how to play that music, not play the drums, but the, he played that music, you know what I mean? And that was uh, the kind of music that I would love to play.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, playing with King Curtis to be able mm-hmm. to do that with those, those guys were unbelievable. That's
0: yes, right. That soul, their was is gorgeous. I'd rush home from school to hear Soul Serenade.
2: Soul Serenade, right. It God, was, man. It was just um, heartfelt.
0: Yes. OK, and now
2: it's, I'm going to switch over. What about Sonny Payne,
0: April in Paris with Count Basie Band? Any vibe there you have to say?
2: You know what, Sonny Payne, I heard him. I went when I was 16 years years old, I, I was, I was going to go to Europe to play with this high school band. Mm-hmm. I had gotten accepted to him. we went to we had to leave from New York my parents drove me to New York and took me to Birdland and Count Basie was playing and Sonny Payne was playing drums man God. and Joe Williams was singing
3: uh-huh. it
2: started out you know it started out soft with Basie playing the piano intro and then all of a sudden the band came in together in unison man and it was like they you felt like they knocked you against the back wall man it felt like you were in a jet being well like when it was taken off man (laughs) like the g4 it was unbelievable man and sunny Payne was doing shit, man throwing sticks up in the air and the thing was grooving it was unbelievable i mean every i every i wanted to be able to do what those guys did you know what i mean yeah, I do. All these little things that they had worked on themselves and developed, man, and every one of them had something that I, I just wanted to. It was it. It made everyone around them so happy. It made the music feel so good. It made the audience excited. I wanted to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, man.
2: You, yeah, you know how it is.
0: Yes, I sure do, brother. But the, the, the highest feeling in the world.
2: Yeah, and it was, and and and, and those guys were. You, kind of, you know, they had a photographer walking around there. Where you could have your picture taken. I have my picture taken with Count Basie. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like incredible. It was incredible to see those people.
3: Yes,
2: brother. Was, I learned so much from those guys. Yes, brother. From watching like Philly Joe or, or listening to Art Blakey, Max Roach, um, you know, Ed Thigpen. Uh, it was just... Unbelievable, and they were so generous. These these musicians, they were so friendly and 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 encouraging to young people. Yes, um, and you could see them. You know, it was they weren't playing big venues. They weren't. It wasn't even in theaters. These were back when they were, you know, playing clubs. You know, they would do a week at a a week at a club, and then go you know 100 miles further and do a a week in another club that you know like in that circuit and they'd come back twice a year you Mm -hmm. know so you'd get to meet them Mm -hmm. i could watch gene krupa and just sat next to the bandstand i could watch his bass drum and watch you know i would just was a great way to learn you know what i mean up close so beautiful man
0: there was frank's drum shop in there we always see like papa jones Joe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just hey, just hanging out, want to talk to you. He wants to talk to me. He wants to talk to me. There he was, Papa. Want to talk, tell you about this? Tell you about that? It's like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> you know, what I mean? it, was great. it was great, man. He let me tell you, he came through. That he's another one that came through with Ray Bryant and 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 Tommy Bryant. Ray Ray Bryant's brother was a bass player, and Papa Joe Jones had a, had a gig with those guys, and at this club. And I was like, I sat right next to him on the, you know. Next to the bandstand, could study him, watch all those facial things that he did. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it was unbelievable. And he was so um, animated and so happy. Yeah. And this guy, you know, you go back and watch some of the stuff that those guys, he could do some, you know, some brush stuff. Yeah, scary. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, scary. Um, Just... uh, I have to ask just a few, because I, I love you. Say something about Elvin Jones. Say something about Tony Williams, just anything.
2: Well, I, I mean, those guys, I, I, you know, when I, I hear music and I try to imagine, you know, certain jazz things make me think of Elvin, you know, like, uh, 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 you know, like a song that someone wrote and, and how the how it's phrased, it, it you know, it automatically makes me think of Elvin and I try to put myself in that head, and and try to and just think of how Elvin, mm-hmm. you know, not try to copy him, but just think Elvin, you know what I mean, mm-hmm.
3: and, and
2: and how, you know, all the things and what he does that makes you love it, mm-hmm. and 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 the same with Tony.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, uh, I, I I loved him, Tony. He came out. I mean, I listened to Miles. Miles had all the great rhythm sections,
3: Right.
2: Uh, from Philly Joe with with uh, with Wynton Kelly and Paul Chambers, and then Red Garland and and uh, and uh, Jimmy Cobb, Philly Joe, um, uh, and then um, and then Tony put to, took everything be, from and, and that happened before and just. Was a whole other thing. He rewrote the book, and it was—I mean—I loved it. Yes. It was so different and mm-hmm. so unthought of mm-hmm. uh, that you know I, I would slow the 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 LP down to to six speed sixteen, and just try to figure out what he played. You know what I mean? Because it was so different from what other people had done before. It was. Right freer and and broke all the rules you know what I mean mm-hmm. didn't play the hi-hat on two and four mm-hmm. play quarter notes or or not play it but I mean and I would help me understand him was seeing Chick Corea sit down behind a set of drums and how he approached it uh, not as a drummer, but like as a great—he knew how to play drums, but he approached it the way he played piano. That with mm-hmm. that freeness and that, and and that helped me understand Tony. What seeing Chick, mm-hmm. that, okay. you know what I mean? So I love those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys I, I, to this day,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, they 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 took it to a certain level, and you know, and it's—I mean, when you hear when you hear music that reminds you a train. Uh, you think of Elvin, you know what I mean? Or those kind of feels those fast feels that Miles used to play. Yeah. Tony was unbelievable.
0: Yeah. God. Okay. Uh just a few more. Jack Jeanette on the album First Light by Freddie Hubbard. Are you hip to all that?
2: Well I'm hip to Jack. Uh, I, <laughs> um and I you know, I love I love what he does. I don't know. I'm not sure about that okay particular album. Okay. But um yeah, I uh, Jack's he's another one that's just un uh, an unbelievable musician, um, and got his own thing happening. Yeah. Uh, got a way of playing the feel, so he, he can he's got a groove and he's got a freeness about it that's that's very that's uh, very Jack. And,
0: I have to tell you another thing that inspired me as a kid. when I'm ten. Was a recording of Art Blakey playing drums with Jimmy Smith called "The Sermon." It's about 20 minutes long. This piece of music, and it's just a groove. Chank, 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 through 20, 21 minutes long, I mean, only two fills, but it
2: taught me the backbeat in jazz was magic. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Art could. He could. He had a good groove, man. Yeah, he did, man. Yeah, I do know. And yeah. I do know, man. And um, thank God that we were inspired by that. Yes. yes. Because some guys that came from that jazz background, it just, you know, this, that kind of simplicity, just sort of, they, you know, they didn't want to deal with it. They wanted to, you know, still stretch and, you know, do what they wanted to do. Right. Right. But, you know, in my opinion, they, they, they lost out on some other kinds of good music, man, that that I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to experience, you know, wow. Okay. Now, Eric Clapton's your,
0: your, your, your bro. You spent a lot of time with Eric. And I want to remind you that Jimi Hendrix would said he would go to London only if he could meet Eric Clapton. He told Chad's channel, I'll go to London, but I only if I can meet Eric Clapton. Isn't that cool? This guy you work with all the time, inspired Hendrix so much and Hendrix blew the world up. God,
2: man. Speak about anything you want to say about that, because I know we're, we're going to be short on time, but. Well, you know, I I just was with Eric and we talked about Jimi Hendrix. Okay. And and Eric, uh, yeah, he loved him. And, and Eric is, uh, I mean, this guy's been a star since he was 17, you know what I mean? Right. He's getting it on that level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, it's not an accident mm-hmm. that he's there. I mean, people that have withstood... The test of time are talented, intelligent, giving, loving people. You know, and and uh, and it's you can learn a lot from being around them, and you can uh, have the opportunity to to be a part of some great music. Yes, and it's it's special to me. I cherish those moments. Yes, you know, and I I know he can he can call. Anybody, you know, and he he does. He tries different people, and that, because he loves the the, the variety, he loves meeting new people. Yeah. But whenever he calls me back, I'm very uh, <laughs> excited, yeah. you know, to, to be in that to be in that company. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's it's a well-run thing, man. And he treats people good. He cares about the music. He doesn't, you know, doesn't pretend to know what he doesn't know. Right you'll say, I don't know, you know, what do you think? You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and, uh, he, um, he's a good man. Yes, Stevie. in
0: closing, say something to the fans, people who love you, uh, anything you might want to pass on to all of us at this time. This is, this is a, a show I want everyone to watch. It's called upbeat and you're, you're, you're so special with us today. Anything you want to say in closing?
2: Well I I just, uh, thanks for everyone that's that's, uh, listened to me over the years and uh, um, all I've done was follow, uh, you know, do I, I, I sort of understood what I could do and playing drums was something that I could do. There were a lot of things I couldn't do and I just put my energy into that and followed my heart and uh and did it the best i could and tried to be respectful of the people that i work with so cuz it's not just it's not just how you play it's how you it's how you interact with people right and it's about giving right. it's about you know giving as much whatever you got if you if you have something that'll work then you give it you give whatever you have and um and 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 the joy is that when when people receive it and, and 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 it's what they needed that's a great feeling to be able to uh, to give and have it received and that builds like a a, a builds a, a a good friendship with people you know even if you don't play with them ever again you, you know you have that that give and take in that moment that you shared together and that that withstands the test of time you know what I mean? You bump into them years later and it's like, you saw them yesterday Yes. and and there's a love there. Yes. And, and that, that love is important today, man, especially with, in the crazy times. The I, just, love. I just try to keep grooving mm-hmm. and sharing those good feelings. Okay. Well, I hope we get to see you soon. I hope so too, man. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Good give my love, love to Carol. I will, and give my love to all the people at Tarpini now. Yeah, man. Okay, Stevie, I
0: can't, I can't tell you we're just knocked out with, with, with our time with you, man. You're really, really
2: our treasure. Well, you're my treasure, and I hope we get to talk more, man. Why, we have to stay in touch. Okay, thank you again. Always great to see that smile. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye, I am out of this world with enthusiasm and excitement for what you all just saw. The wonderful, wonderful, wonderful genius of Steve Gadd. The clarity of his playing in every situation is unparalleled. We love him so much. God bless you, Steve, for your time, your energy on this show. And anyone who's got any comments, please send them in to us. for Upbeat Outbeat uh, and, and Modern Drummer Magazine. We want to thank everybody. Dave Fonjoli, my man Billy Amendola, my man Ricardo. Everybody putting it down for us. Thank you so, so much. This is Nardo Michael Walden, And a special thanks again to Steve Gadd. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's Modern Drummer Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on Podcast One. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for listening
0: and watching. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ how people get qualified?
1: We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup.
0: Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.